You're listening to the No Gray Areas Podcast with Patrick McCullough. We welcome Eric Hanna, CEO and founder of Ambassadors of Compassion and Legacy Leaders. Eric walks us through the curriculum created by Ambassadors of Compassion that will equip youth with critical skills necessary to navigate life's challenges. Let's dive in. Eric Hanna, welcome to No Gray Areas Podcast. Um, it's so good having you on here because you actually have a major part with No Gray Areas, correct? I think I do. Yes, you do. I mean, it's yes, good, to, good to be here, Pat. It's good yeah. to see you again. So we're taking Joe's story. He wrote the book, No Gray Areas, what we named the podcast after. It's a cautionary tale, but also a, a redemptive story. Yeah. And uh, we've been on weekly phone calls now. I think I've been part of those for about a year. You guys it, have been doing it longer than that. I think it is a year, November. Yeah, yes. yeah. But weekly phone calls really around this movie that we're creating out of this a curriculum that you guys have developed. So yeah. your connection to it is not just with the movie, that's a huge connection, but you actually started this, this program, this mm -hmm. organization called Ambassadors of Compassion. Yeah. And this curriculum was developed out of that. So let me, let me set you up first by asking you this. Why did you do that? When you back up a mm -hmm. few years ago and you guys were developing this, what was the big why behind it? You know, thanks for asking. I don't get that asked very often. And uh, the why for me was, as I had done a, directed and produced a couple feature films, and uh, without going all the details, I, I got sued on those and it, I couldn't figure out how to forgive. Felt like mm -hmm. such an injustice. I learned that there is a system in Hollywood. Some people make films, some people take films. Um, came in pretty naive and I couldn't figure out how to let it go. You so had a deep wound you were dealing I, with. I did. I had a deep wound and it was controlling my thoughts. It was controlling my relationships. It was affecting my marriage. And so I tried to figure out how do you forgive? And I would ask people and they'd say, hey, you just do it. And I would ask somebody else, you know, you just forgive. And I'm like, is I'm not, am I the only person that doesn't know how to do this? And I began to realize it's, it's more complicated. There's processes. And we began to learn how to face it, release it, and replace it, and how to identify. Wait, say that again. <laughs> face That's it, good. release it, replace it. Wow. We okay. developed that. And, and, and it began to help change my life, not only from what I'd gone through in Hollywood, but even as yeah. a child, I was kind of small and 4'11 and 95 pounds as a freshman in high school. I got picked on and made fun of a lot. And I... You carry those wounds, you know, you get bigger, mm -hmm. but you can still have that child mm -hmm. inside that's still dealing with hurt and pain. And so I began to work through that with my wife. And uh, from that, we began to create Ambassador Compassion, realized a lot of kids, a lot of students, a lot of adults struggling with the same things, overcoming negative experiences, how to forgive and how to heal from that. And then when you go through that, you begin to uh, get more focus that comes back in your life. Those are distractions, right? It affects your relationships, affects your work, it affects your mm -hmm. sport. And when sleep, you release, right? Because how many times you're oh. laying in bed at night, right? Absolutely. Here, here's the thing, Eric. Nope, I can true. I can guarantee you, right, that there's not a single listener right now who isn't thinking exactly what you're <laughs> thinking. Like this forgiveness thing. It's just people just say, yeah. well, just, "Just forgive." Yeah. It's not that easy, though. No, it's a process. Yeah. So, so that was really the why behind it. Is you started realizing yes. you weren't the only one that that struggled with these things that had these these unanswered questions. Yes, and I began to realize that even experts didn't fully understand it and it's a process and that you know we've we've matured in the last 10 years i would say just as as, as science has understood what unforgiveness does you know 50 500 times more likely you'll die by the age of 50 if you don't forgive i mean these are crazy things that we now realize the toxins that it releases in your body but that doesn't mean we just know how to do it yeah. it doesn't mean we, we get the logic of it but we still have to learn how to process through it you know, I've, I've read a long time ago that bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other that. person dies, right? Yes, I love that quote. But again, that's one of those little mantras that we can throw out. Yes. So like, okay, I get it. 
I get it. The bitterness is only going to hurt me. Unforgiveness is only going to hurt me. Yes. But I still don't know how to let go of it. Yeah, I used to, that's what you were de- that's what you were dealing with. Yes, I used to I didn't realize I was using unforgiveness as self-protection. See, we hear these things forgive and forget. And so I thought if I forgive and forget, it's going to happen to me again. Yeah. But we can now learn from that experience. It doesn't mean that we when we forgive, we have to trust that person because mm-hmm. trust is earned, not granted or retrust. You don't even have to even bring them back in your life. So you can learn from that experience, you can forgive, you can let it go. And uh, some of those things, forgive and forget, things like that, made me realize I was using unforgiveness as self-protection. I'm afraid if I was if to you forgive, forgot, I you would get wounded again. Absolutely, I didn't even yeah. realize it. Yeah, man, isn't that amazing? The 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 subtle lies or subconscious lies that we <laughs> so believe true. about something. So true. So so th- that's what really was the why behind it. Where you're yes. going? There's there's these things that I'm struggling with that I think most humans are struggling with, but especially young people are struggling with yeah so it sent you on a quest to put together this curriculum yes correct what what was that how did that journey start so we um started where we would do these premieres i produced a film called me miami uh, with my wife and and a producer out of new zealand called um her name was lisa abbott and we got an amazing opportunity to sell the film at warner brothers i mean amazing opportunity uh, for an independent film and my wife and i felt like we needed to use the film to celebrate the uncelebrated so we Blocked up Hollywood Boulevard, bought a couple thousand less fortunate children in limousines, gave them brand new hearing aids and glasses so they could see a movie and hear a movie clearly for the first time. Celebrities from ER and Grey's Anatomy in the office, they were all there on the red carpet, they, but they weren't allowed on the red carpet. They were the fans asking for the kids' autographs. So they're the ones that are cheering and the flashbulbs are going, yes. but the kids are walking. Yeah. Oh, man. And that's how we probably started. probably weren't very many dry eyes. And no. Watching that, right? No, we how did that amazing. around America and Mexico, the president's wife, Canada and Australia. And... It's where we started. Kids were seeing and hearing for the first time and, you know, seeing a young mom look at her six-year-old daughter saying, I knew you were going to be beautiful. Or kids, uh, boys who'd never heard themselves go to the bathroom. I know it sounds weird, but they would literally run down. Tony Romo in Dallas would high-five them. They'd run off the red carpet and they'd come back like new sounds. And they would go in and they were the ones being honored on that red carpet, coming out of these limousines and so hearing new hearing sounds. for the first yeah. time. They're seeing uh, yeah. sharp images yeah. the first time. Yeah. Because- Starkey Hearing Foundation, LensCrafters, ProVision, a lot of companies. And as we were doing that, we began to realize as powerful as these were, there was uh, issues facing this generation. We began to see which was really unresolved hurt and pain. Yeah. And as powerful as, as those events were, hearing and seeing for the first time in the honor and the dignity, there was still a heart issue um, that we began to see firsthand around the country and around the world. It was, it was kind of everywhere simultaneously. Use the phrase unresolved hurt and pain. Yeah. Why that phrase? Well, you know, when you see the numbers and what's happening with depression, suicide, suicidal thoughts, attempts, I mean, the, the numbers are spiking. We've been seeing that for the last 10 years. It's not just in America. It's in the countries that we do Ambassador Compassion in. It seems to be universal. But I think the best way to describe it is uh, there's a book called Millennials Rise, and it's all the research that's ever been done on millennials, kind of centennials, this generation. And they've come out and said, basically, this generation has a chance to be the greatest, most compassionate generation in history or the most barbaric. It all has to do with how they deal with their pain. And so when we get hurt and pain, scientists say we store that hurt and pain in our cells and in our organs. And every time our heart beats, it reprograms that same pain, anger, and for some people, rage over and over again. And if we don't learn to release it, then we we begin to blame, shame, and name others for our hurt and pain. And we and we and, and at that point it begins. And it just becomes a cycle. Yes, and it turns on us. That's why suicidal thoughts, depression grows. And if we don't release it at that level, we get into where revenge comes. 
and it pours on somebody else. Usually not the person that hurt us. It's usually our, the people we love. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we all have a soul and that soul can get wounded in different ways. Uh, without any, making any comparisons, uh, for an African-American, it could be through racism. For a, a woman, it could be through sexual abuse. You know, I had my issues, others have their issues. Whatever those issues are, if we don't learn to release it, we get into competitive suffering, uh, where at least that's what I call it. Uh, what is competitive suffering? Well, I call competitive suffering where we begin to say, my pain is worse than your pain. No, your pain is worse than my pain. And it starts to rip a nation apart. It rips businesses apart. It rips families apart. And we're just beginning we're not, to We're not see seeing that. that happen in our country, though. <laughs> well, I think we're at the beginning of it, whether it's <laughs> so students or employers or C-level managers. You see it even happening worse if, we're not, if we don't turn this around. Yeah, because if you don't let it go, it only festers and grows, and it begins to grow like a fire yeah. in your soul. Yeah, yeah. Does that so, make sense? Oh, for sure. So competitive suffering, rather than uh, resolving the issue, rather than releasing it, rather than letting it go, yes. it, we start competing on, on who has it worse, yes. and then we break into fractions, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's well said, yes. Yeah, yeah, wow. So for you personally, um, when, when did you figure this out for yourself? Well, it was a journey. It was over the last 10 years, you know, discovering certain things that, like you said, certain thoughts and patterns, yeah. whether it's good intentions we pick up from society and phrases or, or whether it was just um, not having the tools to release and let things go. You know, Ambassador Compassion doesn't just focus on that. It focuses on helping students identify their goals and dreams first, helps them understand the influences that keep them from them, whether it's friends, whether it's culture then face it, release it, replace it in forgiveness, and then overcoming negative experiences and learning from the experiences of others. And I think all of us at some level and some point in our life have to look at those things. So you can't- So, so can, you know, I, can I go, because you know this so well, and you can just rattle it off. But, yeah, please. But, but walk through those again a little bit slower so we can get it. So the first thing that you do with Ambassadors of Compassion, yeah. which is what's really exciting because that's we're taking this movie, we're going to make this movie, yes. right? movie's a we're catalytic gonna, yeah, kickoff. it's going to be a catalytic kickoff. Yeah. We're going to get- trying to reach over a million plus students with this. Yep. But the first thing these students are gonna do as they go through this curriculum is you ask them to dream. Yes, it's a life acrostic. We have others, but life yeah. acrostic and L stands for labor. You identify your goals and dreams. And so from there, you start there. If you don't know your goals and dreams, it's everything else just, it, it, this. you identify your goals and dreams and then you're able to say, what in culture is keeping me from my goals and dreams? Who? are my friends that I need to step away from. Do you, do you find, because uh, yeah. we're going to keep going through yeah, these steps, please. but I'm going to just jump in here yeah. every once in a while. Do you find that young people, do they dream easily, or is that a, is that a struggle for some of them? So a lot of people, uh, it's been very encouraging. A lot of people have dreams, um, but there's been some miscommunication, like uh, you can be whatever you want. Well, yes, but <laughs> there's certain expectations we yeah. have. Some are realistic, yeah. some are unrealistic, right? But I find that this generation has a lot of great dreams and that's encouraging. Uh, they have a lot of compassion, but there's a lot of things in our world, our society, and sometimes of no fault of their own, that is creating distraction within their heart mm. that prevents them from maybe getting there. Mm -hmm. And that's really what Ambassador Passion does. It, it does, it equips students with the personal leadership skills to navigate and succeed through yeah. life's inevitable challenges because they come to all of us. Yeah, yeah. And we just, you know, they're gonna come to all of us. Uh, you get out in the real world, they're there. But if you're prepared for it, it's not, you know, I was talking to Lance Armstrong, one of his key guys, and he said, you know, the boogeyman comes to everybody. You know, 5% of anybody who ever has a dream gets to that dream. 95%. Only 5%. 95% don't get there because they don't realize obstacles are part of the path. Which is probably why as they move into the light, they, they just start giving up on dreams. I'm yes. not going to dream anymore because yes. 
the dreams I've had never came to fruition. Yes. Okay. And so we visualize and we visualize our dreams. There's no obstacles. We, we think about if you're Super Bowl, you're winning it, or if it's yeah. whatever it is, you're, you're getting the prize. So we don't visualize the, the obstacles and the failures and the delays. So when that first happens, because it's on the path for everybody, everybody has to go through that to get to greatness. We, uh, we think we have the wrong dream. We have the wrong path. And all the students need to know is, no, that's part of your journey. Matter of fact, most of the time it means you're on the right path yeah, yeah. versus you have to jump off. So Reminds knowledge me, is Seth powerful. Godin wrote a book called The Dip. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is about um, figuring out how you work through that dip. And so that's part of what yes. you're saying, right, is you're giving students the tools. Yes. So they dream, but they're going to hit a dip. They're going to go through these difficult things. They're giving, you're giving them the tools that can help them work through that. Yes. Right? And that builds capacity within us to when we get there, we can sustain it. We all know of people who get there fast. The money's there and everything else, and they lose it just as fast. You have to have yeah. the capacity to sustain that greatness or whatever that dream is. It's not just yeah. Super Bowl as an example. It could be being a nurse. It could be whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But you have to have the capacity to sustain that. And usually, unfortunately, pain and the power of pain, although none of us want it, helps create capacity yeah. to sustain that yeah. dream. Eric, this is such good stuff. I can <laughs> promise you there's a bunch of adults <laughs> listening right now going, Wait, I want this curriculum for me. <laughs> I need to go through this. I mean, I turned 50 here in two weeks, yeah. and I'm listening to you talk going, I need to probably uh, reassess some of these things in my life. Yeah. So, okay, so the first step, yeah. it was it was you have them dream again. What do you do next with them then? So then we go into the influence, I as influence. And each week there's calls to action that the students go through, and then they have to come together in a small, safe group where they talk about what happened with the calls to action that they did. So I as influence, the first week is how culture influences our life. So we have one of the stars from Fast and Furious talking about how at 13, both mom and dad left and never came back. And he was on the streets and he got influenced by culture. He got influenced by the gangs and all these things, right? So culture is part of that influence, traditions, values, good and bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then how people influence your life. And so there's in the area of how people influence your life this week, happens a lot. There's a guy or a girl who's got a chance to get a college scholarship, but their boyfriend or girlfriend says, I don't want you to go. And the guy says, all right, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go. My dream was to be a football player. I won't take the scholarship. That's fine. But when he comes back to the group, they say, you have to change your dream. Well, I don't want to change my dream. Well, then you have to step away from the person who is keeping you from that and embrace somebody who does. So there's real life calls to action that you got to deal with every single week if you're going to get to your dream, because yeah. The steps you take now affect your future. And here's the thing I Man, think. And for a 15 or 16 or 17 uh, or 18 year old to get that, right? Yes. To, to all of a sudden go, you know, I was going to give up this dream because of the, some of them forced to wouldn't to. even realize that. But you're yeah. forcing them to realize yes. that and confront, okay, which decision yes. are you going to make? And that's what's so great about partnering with Joe and No Gray Areas. It's a movie that sets up that there are consequences yeah. for the actions you take or the inactions you take. Yep. In actions, there's consequences too. And that's why partnering with No Gray Area is creating that film as a catalytic kickoff. It allows students to see and adults, wow, here's, these are things I'm facing in my own life. But when sometimes when you see it on the big screen, you're able to identify mm-hmm. in a different mm-hmm. way. And then you go for another 10 weeks how to process through those things in your own life. So, yeah. yeah and before we go to the forgiveness, just one thing is that information is the illusion to transformation. So I want to say that again. Information. In- information is the illusion to transformation. So when we get new information, which you do need information, but when you get new information, you actually fire endorphins into the back of your brain. And for about two or three days, you feel changed. That's why we're in. But nothing's happened. If you don't participate with that information, nothing changes. Well, that is the story 
of our culture in some ways. And I'm not I'm not bashing our culture. I'm just saying this is the first time in human history where we are inundated with so much information. Yes. Every so yes. we can feel what you're saying is we it's can feel like a, we're changing. It's a physical. It's a chemical that but makes nothing's you, happening. No, and so. A lot for a long time. I'm thinking I'm changing. I'm, I'm getting changing. a natural drug high that's telling oh. me this. I'm, I'm making changes. But. I, so this used to happen a lot. I would hear a speaker and I would have these notes, right? And I'd be like, I would circle it. I had Christmas lights around it. I'm like, yep. this is life changing. Yeah, yeah. And then three days later, I'd say, Jody, what, what was I feeling on that? Where did that go? I didn't understand. There was a chemical that was released and then faded away, and I couldn't feel. <sighs> that change and i wasn't participating in it because i didn't know i had to because i thought just the information yeah. was the change and also we tend to and i did this for years we tend to intellectualize our change i mean our transformation if we feel like we understand what caused it we think that we're changing but the reality is you've got to go back and feel that pain and go back in that experience and then you process through it in that pain and then you begin to be released you can't just know it and i yeah. used to think what's wrong with me i know what happened to me but i'm not it's not changing You're not me. going back to the pain. Yeah. But that's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it I'm, is. I mean, that's why some people would want to avoid that. That's what you sometimes do when you're, like you said, forgive and forget. I don't want to forget. You don't yeah. want to go back to the pain. I don't want to feel that again. But yes. you're saying if you don't do that, you're never going to move past it. No, you can't intellectualize your change. You have to get into that space, process it. We teach kids how to do it. But also triggers, you know, it's a pretty common word now. I was mm -hmm. triggered. I used to think those are bad things. Triggers are actually your body telling you that you had to deal with something. So I've learned to embrace triggers. I don't like it. I'm like, man, why did I act like that in front of my kids or my wife? Why did I act like that? I feel, I just feel ashamed. Now it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, I still feel a little bummed by it, but I want to make sure I recognize that that means there's something I've got to deal with yeah. there. We had a, a guy on our podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he wrote a book called The Thing Beneath the Thing, and that's mm. exactly what he's saying is, good. you know, to pay attention, those emotions, yes. those triggers, those things, don't just ignore them. There's yes. something underneath that, and that's what you're actually saying. You're helping train yeah. students, young people, to, to, to get that, right? Yeah. Pay attention. And it takes time. You know, I'm, I'm, I think we're the same, and I've known you for a year now. It's like we, we want things to be done fast. You know, you identify things in your yeah. life, and you're like, man, I want it to be gone tomorrow, and it's frustrating. We're both, when should we start yesterday? Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> exactly. both those kind of people, right? And when you can, you're visionary, yeah. you can see the end, yeah. and you, you see it finished, and then you look at your life, and you're like, why am I not where I see finished? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. It, there's a process. So you, you have these roads that are created from our experiences, but we'll just talk about negative. There's good ones, too. Mm -hmm. And we talk about good things for ambassadors too. So I'm just focusing mm -hmm. on one part, but those roads never go away, but you can rewrite a new road. So when you go back and just say your mom, your dad, you have a negative, well, she's a family member that you have these negative experiences. Maybe they were abusive verbally, physically, you have to go back into that place. You have to realize first recognizing that that, that, that parent was wounded. A healthy person would have never done that to you. And we're young, they seem godlike, right? They're like second yeah. in command of God, our parents and yeah. teachers and what have yeah. you. And we don't say, well, that's a that's an unhealthy person. That person, if they were healthy, they would treat me better. Now, when you're a kid, you don't say that. You mm -hmm. you just accept it, right? It's truth. Mm -hmm. And we receive that as that abnormal is normal. View. Yes. Yeah. But when you go back and visualize that and go back in that place and you visualize that parent or that teacher for me a lot, that is and you visualize them saying to you in that same scenario treating you in a healthy way, you actually rewrite those neurotransmitters. You create a new road. You never lose the other road, but now you have a new road and your body can't tell the difference between the original experience and the new experience. So, 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 so I'm giving a lot. Maybe me, I'm no, no, this too. is so good. Okay. So let me just, let, let me take a life experience for myself. And yeah, let's please. say I was one of these like 20 year old kids or 19 year old, 18 year old kids are dealing yes. with this. 
Um, and this wasn't a big thing. This didn't destroy my life or anything. Yeah. But um, I remember I, I won a race. I used to race bikes. I won right. a race. It's a big race. I, I uh, tactically, I did everything right. First thing my dad said, and I can all these years later, I can still remember this. First thing my dad said to me is, um, the guy behind you is catching you. I don't know if you'll beat him later in the time trial. And that, that wounded me. Now, again, wow. you know, it's just, I look back First on of all, that, good intention, do you think? Or, I think so. Or trying I, I mean, to... You I don't, think he was probably just... Trying to mo motivate you? Yeah, push maybe you? motivate me. But okay. what you're saying that you would help, like, and again, he didn't even know that he wounded me. I'm just using yeah. this as yeah. an example. That happens a lot, though. What you're saying, yes. yes. And I've told my kids, you're going to be in counseling because yeah. of me someday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guarantee I you. Not, and I've talked not, to. Not <laughs> but it was true. As parents, though, I've, I really have. As a, yes. My children are adults now, and I've sat them all down and personally said to That's them, good. I'm sorry. I know so at some good. point I said something to you that wounded you. You needed to hear something else so because I'm, I'm not God. I'm right. not perfect. And so, so in this case, I don't know what, you know, what the situation was or why my dad said that, but what you would help me do if I was a young person yes. is to go back and say something like, what did you need your dad to say? Yes. And you would feel that moment of what that felt like. So you've got to go back and put your mind and you close your eyes. Oh, you so go, you'd even make me go back and... Oh, you have to. Oh, I'm not doing that. I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Then, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm I know, kidding, I know though, what you're but, saying, but, you know, but that's yeah. the fear. And I, and I understand that fear. A lot of people have had things that are so traumatic, they don't want to go back. Yeah, yeah. And having somebody guide them to go back in a safe place, whether it's Ambassador Compassion or somebody professional, then you feel and you realize a lot of times in these groups that we do is that like a, a student will share something and they thought they were the only one that ever went through that. Yeah. I'm like, I thought I was the only one and I can give a lot of specifics, but, but it is going back into that moment. And as an adult, I don't want to get too complicated, but as an adult, now you're an adult, you could go back in that scenario and tell your younger self how it should be. You're an adult. Mm -hmm. But at that, at that, when you're young like that, you don't know. That is the truth, right? That's and part so, of the wounded. Yeah, of it, so right? visualizing what you would need to hear your dad say for you at that time. Some people are, I was more sensitive, so things that affected me, other, my friends would have laughed at. Exactly. So it's not yeah. like you can't blame yourself. You can't be like, yeah. man, I'm too sensitive. No, yeah. certain things that affected me, my friends would have laughed at. Other things that would have affected them, maybe I would have laughed at. Yeah. So we're all our own individuals. So that's why you say you might hurt your kids or I hurt my kids because I don't know always what I'm saying. I know what I do say that hurts, but I don't always know. Yeah. It could be a great intention, a yeah. motivator, and it still hurts, right? Yeah. But you go back, you put yourself in that situation, and you identify first what a healthy person could have said in that situation based on what you need, based on what you needed at that age. And your adult self, Pat, is able to sit there. And sometimes this helps too. You're able to come alongside yourself and say, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I, I'm getting a little bit more in, in the weeds on this, some of these details. Yeah, but this but, is so good because I think it's helping the audience understand that the value, because again, there's no one who's listening that isn't connecting with what we're saying. I guarantee you that. Yeah. And then you yeah. can imagine going, oh, this this generation coming up, how much do they need this? Well, it's funny because uh, interesting, whether it's professors at the University of Alabama who've been there for seven years, or whether it's law enforcement, or whether it's employees who become ambassador compassion coaches for the kids, they always come back and say, we're not sure who changed more, us or the students, because we didn't know how to forgive. There's no age limit. It's not like you, know, exactly. you get to 25 and all of a sudden everything's worked itself yeah. out. Yeah. You do have to process through it. Mm -hmm. You just do. There's just mm -hmm. no way to avoid it. So the coaches, the people yes. that are trained in this, they're learning just as yeah, much. Yeah, because they're having to see that. I can see identify that. things in their own life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they go through that, then, then it's the, the forgiveness. forgiveness yeah, yeah. Influence you started deck. with. Yep. Yeah, and then forgiveness. 
And then, uh, or the last one in life is, is negative experiences. Well, it's, it's, it's learning, it's negative experiences don't have to destroy your life and also learning from the experience of others. And right here, we're in, we're in Arizona. Uh, Anthony Robles uh, wrestler at Arizona State mm -hmm. you know, University, never lost a wrestling match his senior year, opens up that week, but he was homeless and only has one leg. And so when he talks about how negative experiences don't destroy your life, you're like, okay, I'm gonna listen. How yeah. did you do this? And how it adapted and how iron sharpens iron and, and all these things. And then we have folks like Spencer Tillman from, you know, a captain of the 49ers. And he's now, you know, you hear him on you know, Fox every Saturday yeah. talking, you know, doing the color for football. So we have celebrities, athletes, people from all different walks of life talking each week on forgiveness, negative experiences, what have you. And then the students have a journal they process through that's only theirs and then calls to action every week. And they come together and uh, have those deep discussions that are guided. And then also they have to do something to lift up their community. So when we do big honor events, uh, movie premier honor events, they walk the red carpet. They deserve to walk the red carpet for going through the journey. And before the movie starts, you see all the things they've done in their community, taking the graffiti off the walls for 46 weeks, uh, building up community centers. I mean, it's unbelievable what students do. They're ready to help. And so we recognize that and city leaders see, wow, look what these students have done. And then they get to see the film and they're cheered on the red carpet. Eric, this is just incredible though. I mean, again, you think about the healing that these students are going through. The, the, like you said, the dreaming, the, the, the tools you're giving them to live life out, but then also they're, they're not just learning or hearing about, they're giving back to their community, they're serving. So they're, they're going through all of this. How long does this take like, for a student to go through this? So the meetings are an hour a week that are guided. The digital journals can be anywhere from 15 minutes to five hours a week, depending on how deep you want to go. Some people will spend hours. They're like, wow, I really need to go deep into this. Um, and then the service, each group decides what they're going to do for their community and how they're going to be recognized for that in a good way, you know, in a positive way. You know, it's interesting when we do these honor events and kids are walking the red carpet and being celebrated for making a difference in mm -hmm. their own lives, but actually in their community, it's the deepest of fire of endorphins in the back of your brain. It actually goes from the back to the front. When you're being honored for helping somebody else, it's the deepest impact on the brain. So when you win the Oscar, you know, that's very big and powerful, but you're winning it for your work. You're not winning because you did something for someone else necessarily. Mm. It's big, it's recognizable. But when you're being recognized for helping someone else, it's the deepest impact, one of the deepest impacts on the brain. Okay. Now, let me just pause here for a okay. second because so, I, I, just, I just picked this up. So earlier, you were talking about the wounds that we have. Yes. How those affect us physically, yes. emotionally, spiritually. So socially, it affects every part of us. Yes. Now yes. you're actually saying that it's also true that when we do something for someone else, yes. it's not just it's affecting us emotionally and physically. Yes. It's, there's something taking place in the human body. Yes. And then when you go one step further and honor students for helping someone else, it, it there's a thing that happens in our brain that allows it to have a deep memory and a positive impact to where we want to help people again. It's interesting, this was not contrived like we knew science. We just had started with my issues, my wife and I figuring stuff out, and then experts came along and said, hey, we can help here, we can help here, we can help here. And so it wasn't like the end in mind, we didn't have the end in mind. It was a journey for us, we're, we're still on it, and we're still on it with students and, and you know, in our relationship yeah. and millions, and you know, we'd love to see 10 million students a year in America and 100 million around the world, because. This is different than when I was, you know, in high school in the 80s, right? There was different levels. You go to middle America and different countries and students and youth were at different levels, right? But social media, it seems like it's kind of like everyone's sort of at some level yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And they're dealing with things that no other generation has dealt with. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. I, I mean, just the, 
you know, we, we, if we went back to our youth, we can remember how the, the negativity or feeling like we we're being judged, all those things, how we feel. Yeah. But that's a whole nother level now because of social media and all the things they're seeing. Yeah. And, then, and then even as adults, we, we get bad news constantly all yeah. day long as we're scrolling through our phone. And the yeah. human psyche was not meant to be able to process that kind of think it is. negativity. No, when you make a mistake or you do something or somebody makes fun of you, it goes online or social media and everybody gets to see it. And, you know, used to, I grew up being bullied and made fun of, but it was still within that small group. I didn't have to worry about my whole school, my whole nation, my whole world potentially seeing yeah. that and making fun of me. That yeah. would, that's a next level yeah. of fear and pain. So how many students have gone through this now approximately? A little over 60,000. 60? 60,000. 60,000 students have gone through this. Yeah. And yeah. we've wanted to make sure that before we went to a million students, we want to make sure that the measurements proved to be solid across the board. You know, when we work with companies and pro teams, you want to make sure that, that you know, people are giving their brand and their, and their, their favor and say, I, I support this, that, that it works, you know? And so, yeah, it's, uh, we're ready to, to go now after 10 yeah. years and of building. I'd say it's been a long pilot. I don't like to call it a pilot because it makes it seem like it's clinical, but no, I mean, it's just we wanted to make sure that if we were, it was working for students' lives, working for adults, uh, the te the coaches, and then also helping the companies and others that came on board. And you've seen that, right? Like you, uh, you I have, have I, I results will, that show that. Uh, yeah, I will say for the first five years, I didn't believe the results. I, I couldn't believe the they results. They were so amazing. You yeah, I, yeah, time. yeah. I couldn't. I, I just yeah. I didn't get it. I didn't understand. I didn't understand it. We had an outside firm in Canada that would measure transformation in students' lives, and then we'd have principals like. In a school in Santa Ana School District, we've had uh, California, we've had 7,000 students go through the program and F's dropped 48%, A's increased 37%, aggressive DV behavior dropped 88%, and unexcused absences you know, lessened by 52%. When we're in Colorado, we get letters from law enforcement saying, hey, we know you're in session because we have less uh, infractions or less arrests. But then the data was pretty, even at Alabama, University of Alabama did their own data, at Cal Calgary, Canada, Resiliency Initiatives did theirs. It was just, because it started with us wanting to help our own lives because I, I could feel that how it was affecting my marriage, I was affecting mm -hmm. my, my children. But, but it was just, I was just like everybody else, right? I was just one human that was going through stuff and realized others had, were going through stuff. Mm -hmm. That's all it was. And then because it wasn't like I was an educational expert, who had this goal of we're going to see grades change, it was hard to believe those things could change. But I realize now that when you have hurt and pain, uh, unresolved hurt and pain, there's ambassadors, there's more than that, of course, but it's a distraction. And distractions make you lose focus. Mm -hmm. So if you can release that, what happens? Mm -hmm. Yes, grades go up, less penalties on the field, better family relationships, better work environment, better focus on the job, more engaged employees, you know, if you're an employee. And when you have that, it's distraction. And distraction takes away from being your best version of yourself. You know, you know, when I talk to you, I, f I feel like we did. Remember the first time we were with the script writer who's writing this, right? Yes. And um, you and I, sometimes we both come on the same <laughs> idea at the same time. Yeah. And we both jump on. We're like, yeah. oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, we got it. I was a play scare in Colorado. I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's how we were. That's what I feel like right now when you're talking. That's why I got involved yes. with this. That's why I'm jumping on this and, and wanting to help because I can see 
how this is going to change not just a generation, but generations. Because when these kids get this and they start taking ownership of their life and yes. becoming who they were made to be and living yes. on purpose for a purpose, it will affect their relationship yeah. with their future spouse or reflect uh, their kid yes. in their kids' lives, yes. their grandkids' lives. So, yes. so what, what, well, you you're such a good doing... storyteller. So when you go, yes, I go, yes, I go, confirmation. <laughs> yes. But, but, but to your point, we're all in it together. Mm -hmm. We didn't create a program for students. We are doing it together. Yep. I'm constantly it going through it. Students are going through it. Celebrities saying, I'm an ambassador of passion. Pro teams, Cleveland Indians, you know, they're the Guardians now. I'm an ambassador of passion team. Tyson, I'm an ambassador of passion company. You know, we're all in it together, each doing our own part. So, and that's the beauty of this. That's yeah. that's what we're really working toward right now. Is we're saying that in the next year, two years, you you name some. We want to get professional teams, colleges, high schools, yeah. corporations, individuals. Yes. Right? It's affecting, and we're all doing this together. We're all in it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which goes back to there's an African proverb that says it takes a it takes a, a tribe to to raise our community. Yes. To raise a, that's that's right. We need true. that. It's that. true, isn't it? And yeah. that's that's the beauty of what you you guys yes. are doing. So let me um, as as we're wrapping up here, yeah. can you give us uh, one story of one kid that you saw? Because here's what happens yes. for us as human beings when we're hearing statistics. You know, we're going in the math part of our yeah. brain. But sometimes when you put a face or a story to it, yes. So give us yeah. one story. Yeah, and before I do, if you don't mind, yeah, one of the current stories, and I'll give you a story of a student. That's what's so great about working with, with Joe and the movie. Here's a guy who made some mistakes, good background, father was a cop, but just made it one choice, mm -hmm. little choices mm -hmm. that next Stepped thing he knows he's areas. in this. Yeah, but it wasn't like, I'm going to make this leap. Mm -hmm. They were little choices and then look mm -hmm. at the results, right? And his willingness to share that and to yeah. be an example of what that is and the permission he's given us to make a powerful Hollywood story with great writers and, and great teams allows us as adults and students to go, wow. And so the point is, is it doesn't matter your story. You know, you're either going to allow that pain to disqualify you and say, I'm done, or you can use it to help other people. And that's the partnership with No Gray Areas, the permission it gives for students to see somebody else go through that and Joe's vulnerability has been amazing. So that's a that's a current story with an adult yeah, who yeah. that story may have been a great movie and it came and went, but now we get to have so leverage much, it for so much yeah, more. So much yeah. impact and students get to be part of it. And you interviewed Headache and you and Joe and Headache speaking in stadiums before the movie starts with students. Yep. And the, it's just Headache so much being the guy that Joe fixed the games with. Yes. Yep. It's incredible. Yep. Yeah. So I'll just give you I can give you a lot of stories. I'll give you one story. Yeah. Um there was an individual who um uh, used to get in a fight every single day, sometimes twice a day. It was in Moreno Valley, California. Um, she had gotten kicked out of 16 schools. She punched a teacher in the face, and they said, you're done. And they that said, usually gets you kicked out of school. Yeah. yeah, and this was her 16th school. And so they said, we'll give you one last chance. And they brought her in. She went through the Ambassador Compassion Program, and she identified dreams the first week that she wanted to be a law enforcement officer. So who would think that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and in the area of influence, she realized she was going to have to arrest maybe half of her family if she took that role because of her family background. So now she has to have a choice. Do I become a law enforcement officer or do I not? Yeah. She decided to do it. She went on. She graduated the 4.0. We were able to get her through a, a scholarship at the University of Alabama. My wife and I produced the Lombardi Awards. Back then it was for CBS. She was on that. Diane Cannon, famous celebrity in, uh, back in the day. She gave the award for the Basker Passion uh, Award for Perseverance. 
now she's becoming a law enforcement officer. She graduated with honors at the University of Alabama. So this is a girl that's been kicked out of 16 schools. And graduated with honors. Punched now a teacher in the face yes. and now is there. She identified her dreams, knew what it took to get there. And she'll tell you, yeah. it was the program that helped me walk through and the choices I had to make each week affected her whole future. Yeah. And there's many, many great stories like yeah. that. Yeah. And there's different levels. Does it affect everyone at that level? Not everyone the same, yeah. Not, but there's across the board. I think we all want a chance to talk and share, right? So when we come together in those weekly groups, it's not like people are preaching or talking to you. You get a chance to hold up a mirror and see what's inside and you get a chance to share what's going on in your, in your life in a safe place. It's the yeah. it's no grayers, right? The Vegas takes place in Vegas. This is the yep. positive Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yep. When you're in that group, what happens in that group stays in that group unless there's some reporting because of somebody that yeah. might hurt themselves or others. Yeah. So you think about school shootings, you think about suicide. A lot of that is because it's in the dark yeah. and you don't have a safe place to get the dark things into the light so they can become lighter. Yeah. And when you have a safe place and you're able to talk about things and it's guided and you're able to bring that into the light and you go, did I just say that? Did I? You hear yourself because we don't change when we hear other people. We change when our own voice changes. Mm. So when we hear people say things, it goes through our, vo our voice of experiences. Mm -hmm. And many times we say, oh, come on. And we throw very powerful information away or we grab onto it. But we change because we hear our own voice change not because of just what somebody says. Yeah. So when you hear yourself say that and you go, did I just say that? Do I? Wow, that's crazy. I guess I really feel that just way. Just verbalizing what's already. You get the been, dark things yeah. into light and they become lighter. Wow. Wow. Eric, this is so exciting. And, and really the vision is that, that this story is like you just told would happen thousands and thousands and thousands, yes. million plus times. Yes. And uh, there's there's a statistic, right? The tipping point statistic, yes. which is why we you didn't just pull out that number. No. It's tied to that statistic. Share that. Well, I, I, at first I, I wanted a million kids to go through the program. And then as I researched, that wasn't just an arbitrary number. The tipping point, uh, Malcolm Gladwell says it takes about 6% of the population to change the entire direction of society. So a million students a year is about 8%. So you talk about a million students a year learning how to forgive, overcoming their negative experiences, going after their goals and dreams, setting goals, learning how to build the kind of coping skills necessary for what this world we live in, um, not blaming and shaming others when things don't go their way, and also encouraging other students to do the same. You can begin to change the direction and the trajectory of of lives and society. And I, I'm really proud of this generation. I, they show up, mm -hmm. you know, when they're given a chance to, and challenged to make a difference in their community, they show up when they are given a chance to, to share, you know, I think when I was growing up in the eighties, we would never have shared. Yeah. And we work with a yeah. lot of call it a lot of uh, sports teams, you know, a lot of football teams. And we far, first started doing with football teams. I thought they're not going to share. You know, when I grew up, you, you rub, rub some dirt on it, yeah, you know? Yeah. If you share, you're considered weak and you may not get your starting job. These athletes, it doesn't matter how big they are, they're pouring out, they're sharing. I remember one athlete, um, I won't mention the schooler's name, but he, he was the starting player. He used to get upset all the time. We were there in front of all the other athletes. And he said, when I was five years old, My mom left my dad and I, and I want to prove to her she made a mistake and that I wasn't worth that I still am worth it, that I'm worth it. And and he's he's trying to be the best person he can so he can prove to his mom he may never see again that I, I wasn't worth leaving. And then the athletes are like giving him a hug, like that's why you get angry. Oh my gosh, we we understand it now. And they gave him a hug, and he's like, you know, 325 pounds, 6'5, just crying. And he was like, look at this bonding experience. That's what's going to make a great team. Mm -hmm. It's like they know each other. Mm -hmm. 
And there's so many stories like that. And the coaches, you know, are having to be many times coaches and parents. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's a great it's, time. It's, it's incredible. And the, the fact that all these incredible stories, and like you're saying, this is a huge vision. I want the listeners to figure out how they can jump on this vision because we're saying that's the tipping point is yeah. we're not changing individual lives. We could actually change a culture. We could yeah. change a future. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. How, how do people find out more information? Where would they go? Well, they can go to aoclife.org, AOC for Ambassador of Compassion, aoclife.org, and there's start there. Um, there's places if you're a parent, there's places if you're a coach, if you're an administrator, and you can get more information on Ambassador Compassion, how we can come in to your school. Um, we love working with gatekeepers, you know, and principals know the heart and the needs of their students. Coaches know the heart mm-hmm. and the needs of their students. And so, you know, if you know, if you're listening and you know, a principal, a coach who this program might be helpful for, go to Ambassador Compassion or AOCLife.org and let us know. We'd love to partner with yeah. you and and yeah. uh, make a difference in your yeah. community and in your students' lives and your children's lives. Yeah, good. Well, Eric, man, thank you so much for what you do. We got we got to finish with this one yeah. fun thing that we do on this podcast. It's called No Gray Area, so it's ironic. I'm going to ask you to lie to me. <laughs> Audience has gotten to know you here for <laughs> over okay. about half an hour or so. So okay. we'll see if they can guess. I want you to give me two truths and a lie, and we'll see if if we can guess. So two truths and a lie. If I give you three lies, I'll look cooler. Yeah. So I got to think. <laughs> oh, I, okay. Well, I've already gave this away. So uh, I was going to be a professional football player. Okay. I was going to climb Everest. <laughs> okay. Or I'm I'm allergic to sugar. <laughs> okay. So you okay. you wanted to be you your dream was to be a professional football player mm-hmm. to climb Mount Everest. That's the second one. And the sugar. So I'm going to do sugar. that. The process of elimination. You, you want to be a football player. I think you mentioned that before, right? I was going to be until I got you, injured. Yeah. My, I had surgery. Okay. We yeah, because you were you were a kicker. You actually uh-huh. played in college, right? Yeah, University of Colorado. Yeah, we, when we won the national championship. Yeah, and I yeah. didn't get a chance to. So yeah, you so. were you made it to a high level, a level that most athletes will. Yeah, I was to. I was so, I was pretty good. Okay, so it that one that was a truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you wanted to climb Mount Everest. That's that's a that's no, a, This body's built for sitting. <laughs> Maybe walking, but certainly not climbing. So that's the lie. That's, that's the lie. Yes. Okay, so you are allergic to sugar. I am. I got allergic to sugar at fourth grade. And uh, and I couldn't have sugar past fourth grade. It, I would literally lose my mind. And in college, we didn't realize this, but my friends would always give me a loaf of white bread, like on a Friday night. And I didn't realize it was turning into the way my body processes. Like I've never had alcohol. Yeah, I didn't need to. My friends would give me a loaf of white bread. And they're that like, did Dude, the same you thing. You were dancing on the table. You were crazy. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even remember that. So if I yeah, if so, I want if I want to have a little fun with you, I get some sugar. Oh uh, yeah, you got to be go. careful. <laughs> okay. My wife will tell you stories. Keep the white bread away from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Eric, man, thank you so much. Thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for how you're dedicating your life to this future generation. I love working with you and Thanks, um, can't wait to see what happens in the future. Thank you. Uh, Pat, it's an honor to be here with you. And I, I just think we get to do a lot of things together. And thank you for doing these podcasts. I'm learning a lot myself, you know, from what you're doing here. So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the No Gray Areas podcast. To dive deeper into the story, be sure to subscribe, follow us on social media, and check out nograyareas.com.